Hello, and welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. On today's episode, we will discuss sequels that were better than the original, have our first guest join the show, and we introduce a new segment titled Tiff Describes a Movie. Thank you for joining us. This is Not the Podcast You Deserve. All right, on the last podcast, we talked about the best bosses uh, from movies. And uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to recap from that real quick? Anything that you didn't get to in last week's episode? Yeah, I got a couple um, kind of contenders for bossy bosses. Uh, I think another good representation of a type of boss in a movie that I didn't get a chance to talk about because it didn't really feel like the best boss. But Remy, the rat from Ratatouille, I think is a really fun example of a micromanaging type of boss. And it works out because the guy under him is not very good at his job. But normally that would be a very annoying type of character. But I think Ratatouille is a fun movie. He's a great boss. Uh, and I just think that, that that'd be a, an, an interesting um, take on on micromanaging and boss he bosses. Um, and so, then also, yeah. Well, if you want, if you got one Crawford, you well, can go as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought of a, a couple other like off kilter, outside the norm of traditional bosses type thing. Um, my first one was the Grinch from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> uh, and you, He's and got you might, one employee. Yeah, you might be going, "Who is he the boss of?" It's his dog Max, and <laughs> he gets so much out of Max. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He pushes that dog to the limits. It, it's True. carrying a million presents up a cliff. And he's just like, you got it, Max. Like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so good. Who do you think's a better boss in Reign of Fire? Matthew McConaughey or Christian Bale? <laughs> the dragon. The dra- <laughs> oh, man. Christian Bale had, like, you know, like, children to look out for. And- yeah. Think a of. whole village. Matthew McConaughey was all just like paid assassins. So like but he killed a lot of dragons. Yeah, and that's and that I think is the uh that was kind of like the heart of the bigger issue was you know what makes a good boss and you know is does is end results is that the thing that makes good bosses yeah, yeah. taking care of your employees is that the end result of you know is that like the biggest thing? I think we can all agree that leading people is hard. And <laughs> and depicting someone leading a group of people yeah. well, I is, think as the incredible. boss of this podcast, I'm gonna say that all right. The, the yeah. listeners at home can't see the look of what <laughs> yeah. I have on my face right now, but I, I want I want them to know that I am dumbfounded by that comment. <laughs> so in this episode, I retract my original statement. <laughs> in this episode of not the podcast you deserve uh we were talking about sequels that were better than the original and we put together a list of 36 uh sequels that we feel were better than the original and i think the way we're gonna do this we're each just going to pick one and talk about it um kind of at random i would like to start this actually drew i said i was sent to you but if we're going to talk about sequels we have to talk about the first sequel ever to win an Oscar for best picture, which is the Godfather part two. Um, if you have not seen the Godfather part two, that's an amazing movie. And I know I flipped the script on you like while we're in the middle of the podcast and I feel bad about that, but also uh, I feel like it has to be said that should be the one that leads off. Cause it's the first one that was ever, you know, an Oscar winner for best that. Great that would have been a bit of trivia. I would have lost first. Really? Went on Oscar for best picture. Yeah, yeah, Robert De Niro. Totally uh, makes it's, sense. It's part sequel and part prequel because they do flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think the irony is that it's, you know, first sequel to win an Oscar for Best Picture. And then the third one, Godfather Part Three, is widely panned as the worst sequel ever made. So you kind of get both, you kind of get the end of both spectrums there. Yeah. Um, Just to be clear, did you say Robert De Niro? Yes. I'm sorry. All right. Have you seen the movie? Have you not seen Godfather Part Two? Oh no! And uh, and let's I let's move you on had from misspoken about. Al I mean, Al Pacino is definitely in the movie, he's but Robert awesome. De Niro. He's Michael. Yeah, I believe Robert De Niro actually won Academy Award as a supporting actor as well. Oh, okay. I need to go back. But and I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's a great one. It's, yeah, so uh, no longer the, on. So I think the the first Godfather was nominated for like nine Academy Awards and won like 
three or something like that. Yeah. The uh-huh. Godfather Part Two was nominated for nine Academy Awards and won six. Like, wow. Yeah. Like wildly. Yeah. He won, and, as the best one. Yeah. In 1975, he won Best Supporting Actor for his role in Godfather Part Two. That was Robert awesome. De Niro. Yeah. So Drew Allen, I further gotta, proof that you are not the boss not of the this boss. podcast. <laughs> uh, Crawford, I apologize for stealing your thunder. I just thought we needed to start off on a strong high note, which quickly nose dived into a very low point for us classic so drew, classic, what's classic a, drew, Allen, awesome right <laughs> drew what's a what's a sequel that you were to talk about so kind of following the same vein of thought that you had there like i think indiana jones and the last crusade is a sequel that was better than the original and that's not yeah. taking away from raiders of the lost ark i think that movie is fantastic i absolutely right. love it but you add sean connery into the mix your movie is now better yes yeah. just that's a, that's that's a, a rule of thumb. Yeah, that's a rule of thumb for any movie. You add Sean Connery, your movie is now better. Um, <laughs> and it was really important because uh, Temple of Doom was not yeah, so-so. Like, it's what you would imagine a typical sequel to be. It's like, yeah. oh, you, you didn't nail it, right? It didn't captivate me the way that the original did. But it was okay. But then the third one came out and it was like, wow! That's a really good point. Yeah, movie. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. Like, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is kind of like what sequels were yeah. at that point in time. And then, you know, uh, The Last Crusade came out and that was really, really good. I, I, I don't and know. Then, I go and, back then, and, then, and, then, and then they made Crystal Skull and totally ruined the entire franchise forever. I, and see, I disagree with that, but maybe that's a whole different thing. I don't know. Like people were all upset that there were like, you know, aliens were like implied to be, or not implied, or like not in the movie. Ex- explicitly. Okay, well, the first one deals with the Ark of the Covenant melting people's faces off. In the second Indiana Jones, he pulls a beating heart out of somebody. And in the third one... The, All things, the, real things that happen on the Earth. Yeah, there's a knight that's 400 years old or whatever, a thousand years old or whatever, and he's still guarding the... Man, it's just... You have to suspend your, your belief. Commitment. Yeah, you, you've got to suspend your belief a little bit for all sure. Indiana Jones movies. So people being like, oh, there's aliens. That wouldn't really happen. Like, you didn't pay attention in the first three then because I, none of that <laughs> stuff is like, you know. I had less of a problem with the aliens than I did with Shia LaBeouf. So, fair enough. My my whole thing was knowledge is the real treasure is just the most bogus cop-out for... <laughs> and I can't remember that being the payoff. Wow. It was like, how do you go up from the Holy Grail? What if the treasure was philosophical and deeper and nobody can question us then it's <laughs> there's one movie on Crap. this list that i know that drew allen needs to talk about mm. uh so in 2004 chronicles of riddick came out Ugh. which is technically a sequel to yes, Pitch it is. Black, it is. Hell yeah. uh, both starring vin diesel so drew allen i wanted to give you the floor to talk about why you think chronicles of riddick is a better sequel uh than its original you know this is tough this is tough because I got I got much love for all all movies in this franchise, including the animated one that came out in between Pitch Black and Wow Chronicles of Riddick. Did you um, have the game? You're darn right, I did. Escape from Butcher <laughs> Bay. Oh yeah, which one? And there's a sequel to it also. I didn't oh, I didn't one. know that one. Oh man, yeah, so good. Um, but no, the Chronicles of Riddick I think is really interesting in that it totally changes genres. Like it goes from a horror movie, horror monster creature movie to right. I guess epic adventure. Pitch black um, like a horror movie, and then Chronicles yes. of Riddick is more like an action adventure one. Yeah. Yes, and I think they both do it well. But Chronicles of Riddick, I think, kind of hits that adventure. I think it's 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 incredible and amazing, and the horror movie is good. But I don't think those you can't match those story genres together. You, it's tough to compare a horror movie to an epic adventure because you just get so much more character growth and world building and planetary stuff in the while I, I love how much you love the planets that's and, such a you've mentioned it every time you bring up the movie is the planets and like while i respect that you love this movie calling it an epic i think is maybe like maybe a, a tad bit of an over exaggeration uh, it's an action it, adventure movie the villains are traveling universe to universe galaxy to galaxy conquering or converting every single person okay. action more so than thanos <laughs> i don't know okay i don't know that you just defended your point at all like it's yeah it's an action adventure movie not an action. listen 
I under, I appreciate you giving me this movie. This it's not the honest, about, but it, it may have been wrong to let me talk about this one because I, my love for it is so unfounded in logic. If, if Chronicles of Riddick had been written by Homer, then I'd be like, yeah, sure, it's a, it's an epic, but it was uh, it was not, and it's a good, it's a fine it's movie. Epic in it's scale, maybe not in story. But, so, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I. It's just more fun, bigger. It's got Dame Judi Dench. And right. Yeah. There. And Carl Urban, who's great. Friend, um, friend of the podcast. James yeah. <laughs> Dame Judi Dench. Um, uh, a sequel that was on this list that really caught my eye uh, was Army of Darkness, uh, 1992, directed by Sam Raimi. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of funny to call it a sequel because it's kind of a sequel and kind of not uh, because Evil Dead was created in the early 80s, I want to say. And then they made Evil Dead 2, which was like, if you watch both movies, it's essentially the exact same movie. It's just <laughs> like he had more money to kind of make the movie he wanted to make in Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2 came out in 1987. And then in 92, he comes out with Army of Darkness, which is like, it has some of the exact same things happen in Army of Darkness than what happens in Evil Dead 2. So it's kind of like Sam Raimi just got like three shots at making the same movie and an army <laughs> of darkness incredible. was like like the one that had the biggest budget so it was like the best one but yeah. i i my wife will stand on the table for evil dead 2 saying it's the best uh my brother will stand on the table for i believe the original evil dead i think he's just trying to be a hipster but he does say the original <laughs> evil dead is like the best one his wedding know. cake was evil dead yeah King. it did it had yeah. him holding the chainsaw on top of the car uh yeah i so He's he's a way bigger uh, Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead fan than I am. Uh, but I do think Army of Darkness is a great movie in in terms of it's so much fun to watch and it's yeah. so over the top ridiculous. Bonkers. It's in my opinion, Army of Darkness is definitely better than Evil Dead one and two. Uh, but that being said, it's kind of just the same thing, just done differently. So Army of Darkness, a great example of a trilogy of Sam Raimi that the third one ended up being better than the original. Spider-Man 3, a bad example. Okay, I was about to say, that. if you are about to say Spider-Man 3 is better than no, the other Spider-Man. No, it's the opposite of that spectrum. Spider-Man 3, imagine I if believe... Sam Raimi had like four shots at Spider-Man 3. We yeah, it probably been okay good. Movie. Oh wow! So I think that uh, Spider-Man this Two one. made our list. Uh, two thousand four, Sam Raimi Spider-Man Two, um, and I think that the original Spider-Man movie by Sam Raimi, I think it's one of the best superhero origin movies um, in terms of showing you a character how he got his powers, you know, how he goes through daily life with the new powers. That being said, Spider-Man Two, the sequel to the original is I think one of the better comic book movies made pre-Avengers Infinity War time. Uh, Because if you read the comic books of Spider-Man or if you're a big fan of TV shows or whatever, the the real story in Spider-Man's comics is not him fighting the Green Goblin. It's not him going up against a major foe. It's him having to balance his his being a superhero with having a love life with having a job with having schoolwork and Spider-Man two does a really good job of staying true to the comics in terms of Peter Parker's having to deal with uh, being in love with Mary Jane, working at the daily bugle, uh, having to uh, pay for college, working at the pizza place. You know, it does a really good job of showing you how Spider-Man is pulled in so many different areas. When you usually go into a, a comic book hero movie, a superhero movie, you're there to see good guys punch bad guys in the yeah. face and yeah. lots of explosions and stuff. And what I really liked about Spider-Man 2 is while there are explosions and there are bad guys being punched in the face, it's really about how Mechanical man. Arms. Yeah. Doc Ock, I think, is one of the better villains, too, yeah, in so superhero movies. He's, but he's it's really, a, he actually almost made my best bosses list because, like, dude's got a point. I, oh, yeah. Wow. His tactics I, are unorthodox, but if he would actually, like, achieve his goal – unlimited energy for everyone but i think when it comes down to this these this trilogy spider-man 2 is less of a the traditional superhero movie like you said of good guy punching the bad guy in the face and it's more of just like a better movie but it's not what people people didn't go in expecting that and it gets a lot of flack because of missed expectations i agree with that yeah it's it's in in terms of 
staying true to the comics, I think Sam Raimi did a really good job with both Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, despite the fact that Spider-Man's webs were organic. Uh, I'm a comic book nerd. I'm still mad that his webs were organic <laughs> yeah. because in the comics and TV shows, it's always something he had to create, which shows his creative process. And he always runs out genius. of webs and his genius. Right. Mm-hmm. But then he always runs out of webs, like at the worst possible time. And he has to figure out a way out of that. Um, so I have, I have two quick points off of mm-hmm. this one. Uh, this brings up an interesting idea for me. Like where do you guys think reboots fit? in sequels because i mean we just mentioned three different spider-men right mm-hmm. um, yeah sorry <laughs> uh, no no it, it, i think it's a good point though like the amazing spider-man is not a sequel to yeah it's a reboot right yeah it's a reboot mm-hmm. but i think objectively the amazing spider-man is worse than the original spider-man but i also think far from home and homecoming i think are my favorite spider-man movies mm. uh outside of spider-verse i think spider-verse might be my favorite yeah, but they were. <laughs> I think Tom Holland's does a really good job of the quippiness of yeah. Spider-Man from the comics because he's always having like a, a dialogue kind of with himself in the comics, mm-hmm. and Tom Holland does a really good job with that. So the the second point I was going to say, I think the Dark Knight might be the best sequel Ooh. movie that was ever made because mm-hmm. I, in my brain I don't even think of it as a sequel. I think of it as yeah. its own movie, and it defined. Batman. So I'm going to yeah. fight you on that, but Ooh. I'm first going to say that it's a great movie. And it's one of those movies where like halfway through, I like was like, who's the star of this movie? Is it Heath Ledger or is like, <laughs> am I supposed to be rooting for Batman or the Joker here? Um, one of the best exactly. villains of all time. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker. And it's, it's a not great Rachel. Movie. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's not definitely not Rachel. Um, <laughs> And kind of in that same vein, I think Dark Knight is a great sequel in terms of best like second movie ever done. Captain America, the Winter Soldier for me is one of the best sequels ever made. Um, And a lot of people don't like the first Captain America, the first Avenger. I enjoy it just fine. It's a, it's a period film. So you kind of have to get past that. Um, But when Captain America, the Winter Soldier came out in 2014, that was the Russo brothers kind of putting their stamp on the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, and it is a very different film than the one it, it than the one it preceded. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is, I think that Captain America, the winter soldier is a great spy movie that happens to have superheroes in it. It gets lumped into the superhero movie. I think it stands up against the mission impossible films. I think it's, it stands up against any kind of spy noir stuff. It's a political thriller. It's an action thriller. And it just kind of happens to Captain America is the star of it, but it it would be just as good if like Tom Cruise was in it and it was a mission impossible theme thing. I think it's one of the best, best sequels that has been done. Um, So definitely in the superhero. Yeah, I I agree. And what I want to weigh in here on this debate that y'all have, have set up, um, I think Captain America Winter Soldier is a phenomenal example of when a sequel kind of retools and revamps a character yeah. that wasn't as effective the first round. Like the yeah. Rooster Brothers went in trying, like recognizing that nobody kind of resonated with the first Captain America movie and they wanted to make Captain America cool. Um, and I think it's a great example of when a sequel is way popular, way more popular, way better than the first one. But I think I'm going to ride with Drew here on The Dark Knight being a better sequel in that when I think of a sequel, a lot of things that are difficult is that you have to take the same characters that have supposed to have character growth in the first movie and then introduce new conflict that is either harder, more difficult, bigger, grander, and have those characters learn a new lesson, learn another lesson. And it's, it's really tough to do. And I think The Dark Knight does a great job of expanding on what Batman Begins gave us, which is a great movie in and of itself. And The Dark Knight comes in and takes us further, gives us an even more interesting villain. And I mean, obviously Heath Ledger's Joker is one of the top villains of all time. It's difficult to compete with that alone. Yeah. But I, I think it does a better job of taking the same character and introducing the next installment in that storyline whereas captain america winter soldier kind of retools reworks yeah so going off of what drew just said like i think that 
I, it's hard for me to even put the Dark Knight and Winter Soldier in the same category of sequel because the Winter Soldier is a whole new thing, right? Like they retooled the whole thing. And it's also part of a, an entire series of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So like all of those are technically sequels. They essentially got to drop the main character from the first one into an entirely different yeah. Ye- entirely different Which is world difficult in the second to do. One. Yeah. For sure. Oh, oh, I'm not denying that. And I think it's a fantastic Right. Movie. That that I think is better to y'all's point in terms of th- the Dark Knight had to just build, you know. Yeah. I will say though that Batman Begins is a better standalone movie than Captain America the First Avenger. For sure. And so the yeah. jump between those two is smaller in my opinion than the jump between the first sure. Avenger and the Winter Soldier. But, but, but it's almost even harder to be like, hey, here's a good movie. Now I'm going to make a better movie versus here's an average movie. Now I'm right. a good one. And right? a lot of people just a lot of people just chalk Dark Knight up to being the best movie out of that trilogy. I I don't I I don't know. Watch oh. Batman Begins again. Because oh, that I is a that really good movie. Like, that's a really freaking good movie. The Dark Knight happens to have the best villain that's ever been put on screen. And that's Rise why... Of, I th- Rise of Ghoul might should have made our best bosses list. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Possibly. Maybe yeah. so. I, I think Batman Begins is a really, really good film. Yeah. Um, and that's the one thing about the directors, the Russo brothers and Christopher Nolan. They don't just make like okay movies yeah like they are yeah. really really good movies they are shot very well they are written very well they're directed very well like it's it's not what you're used to getting in superhero movies when christopher mm-hmm. reeves was being you know held on a wire and filmed in front of you know uh, a, a, fa- a painted screen you know that was yeah. like the 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 sky so like, that's just different than what we got now so while we're on the topic of superhero movies there's one sequel i want to bring up that i don't think people understand is actually a sequel um but it's logan because logan is technically it's technically a sequel of the wolverine uh so this is going with the winter soldier thing right the wolverine was a bad movie and then they made logan which was a great movie and it's totally (laughs) different all right Um, so here's my thing the wolverine in 2013 was a bad movie yeah logan made in 2017 by the same director was also a bad movie i don't understand uh, people like they made it r-rated and so wolverine got to say the f-word like a hundred times like good for you like he got to put his claws like through a guy's head and you got to see it as opposed to like the camera like yeah, that was awesome. away man yeah. that's not a good movie i don't care what anybody says You're i watched it wrong so i watched it the first time in theaters and i was like okay i don't get it maybe i'm not in the right headspace so i went back to the theaters a week later by myself to watch it again to give another shot because it was getting all these great reviews the only reason it got great reviews is because it was an r-rated movie and it was the ending of a character it's not a good movie i will die on that hill logan sucks and hugh jackman i would say hugh jackman deserved a better send-off for his character but literally every movie that he played as wolverine that was just like whether it was x-men origins wolverine or it was the wolverine or it was logan they all sucked so that's not his fault i mean i mean no, X- I don't. He, he did really good in X Men Origins. That movie sucked for a whole lot of other reasons. I, I, I am. I think that the whole X Men franchise has a lot of holes to plug, and they are bad. And in the for the most part, but he, the, Logan's you're a not, bad movie. You're I don't not care wrong there. Say. I'm mad you're at you right now. Incredibly wrong. As Logan as the boss of the po- of the podcast, <laughs> I'm mad. The I think. Uh, you ah you're so wrong i'm like almost <laughs> almost can't speak but I, I i will say the one thing to your that's interesting with comic book movies is that they're obviously pulled from source material that spans years and so like x-men origins wolverine is like an early movie for that character and then logan's like the ending of that character and i, I don't know if there's if it's a sequel to it it's definitely the same storyline picked up I mean, is it? Your thoughts on that? I mean, is it? Because the continuity throughout X-Men is ridiculous, which it's actually so brings to me to... Stewart or McAvoy. <laughs> which actually brings me to... Um, I've got two, two movies here in the X-Men franchise I do want to talk about as being good sequels so that we can, you know, get back to the original point of this. X2, X-Men United uh, from Brian Singer. Uh, that was much... It was, it was a better film than the original X-Men. Um, which was followed by X-Men The Last Stand, 
Um, so a little history or a little trivia, Brett Ratner did, or no, I'm sorry, Brian Singer did X-Men. Then he did X2, X-Men United. And so when Brian Singer was coming, when, when the studio Fox was saying, we're going to do the last stand now, Brian Singer had the opportunity to make either X3, the last stand, or he could do uh, Superman Returns, uh, the movie with Brandon Ruth, the kind of reboot of Superman. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. And he, he chose to do Superman As Returns. You should, you should forget about that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a, not a good movie. That definitely did not make the sequel's best sequels list. No. <laughs> uh, so Brett Ratner goes on to do X-Men The Last Stand, and it is the worst movie. Terrible. Not good at all. They kill off a bunch cool. of characters that you love in bad ways. But because Brett, Brett Ratner made such a bad movie in The Last Stand... Brian Singer had a chance eight years later in 2014 to make X-Men Days of Future Past. Brian Singer had a chance to use both timelines now that were made with McAvoy's Xavier and Patrick Stewart's Xavier um, to, to use all those different timelines to essentially just fix what Brett Radner messed up with <laughs> The Last Stand. Because what yeah. he ends up doing is changing the past and what uh -huh. happened in X3 in this movie that was made eight years later really really good truly uh, a work of art as far yeah. as right working and retconning out what a time travel came in and 101 screwed. at this point in time in the x-men franchise there are four movies and three of them are by the same director and so on this third on this last movie he's doing he's like forget that fourth movie <laughs> like you don't care about that one we're getting yeah. back to the to the real thing which is funny because this is kind of like what deadpool did as well and i don't know if deadpool counts as a sequel to x-men origins but they reference it oh, right yeah, oh, it definitely point. doesn't count but I, I don't think it is but they but they reference it as well and they're going back and they're fixing all the terrible things that happened in x-men origins in that's the, yeah that's why i think x-men days of future past will make the list for me because it fixed the worst comic yeah. book movie yeah. ever in my opinion so days of future past is interesting because it is both the sequel and a reboot technically yeah. yeah, it's a really good point. I was going to change subject. Yeah, okay, so to, to kind of round out the comic book superhero movie thing, the in terms of growth from one episode from one movie to another movie, Thor Ragnarok is the best sequel of all time yep. considering where Thor the Dark World left off. Taika Waititi comes in and does Thor Ragnarok, and it is so unbelievably better than everything else that's happened in the franchise at that point. I don't right. know if we want to stay yeah. in superhero realm for too long, but that is, in my opinion, in terms of growth, that's the greatest sequel of all time. Going from yeah. where it started to where it ended, yeah. Thor yeah. Ragnarok is the most fun, exciting movie. Growth and and just like tonal uh, shift, like shift, like it. The movie totally pivoted from what Thor Two Dark World was, which was like dark yeah. and edgy and. Or quote unquote, like I think it was trying to be edgy. It was not, uh -huh. but like, <laughs> oh, like good guy punches bad guy in face, like what you were talking about earlier. Kyle. <laughs> and then Ragnarok was like, uh, here's a buddy comedy about two guys traveling through space right. together, and they just happen to get into hijinks, and it was so mm -hmm. funny. One That's of the funniest movies. It's it's a great movie. Um, I think I don't even think you have to like superheroes to enjoy that movie. I think that you yeah. could just no, watch Thor Ragnarok by itself, not knowing anything about the MCU or Thor or anything. I think you could really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, transitioning away from superhero movies, I have a. I saw that Rocky Four was on this list that we all created, and I have to give it to Rocky Four because I believe Rocky Four essentially ended the Cold War by itself. I right. think that it made Russia and America come together and hug and, you know, sing Kumbaya and, uh, and Rocky. It made a bunch of Soviets in Russia chant USA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Ivan Dra if Ivan Drago and Rocky can change, we can change. Correct. I think that Rocky Four did a lot for the world at its time. But to say that it's better than Rocky Three, I've got some problems with because I think Rocky Three is the best movie in the Rocky franchise. Clubber Lang wow. is okay. a great, great bad. Uh, Mr. T, I, I, th I think Rocky Three is my favorite Rocky. Although I do realize that Rocky Four ended the Cold War. So it did single-handedly. So this brings up actually an interesting thing I wanted to do, which was uh, ask each of you what your favorite quote-unquote sequel is in a series 
So yeah. we can start with Rocky. So out of the Rocky franchise, what's your favorite Rocky movie? It can be one. Minus three because of Clubber Lang. I think he's an awesome bad guy. Um, and I think that's the time when Rocky's trying to figure out how to balance fame and his job. And Does he, he have his thing. robot in Rocky three? That's or the was... robot in the Hulk Hogan one as well. If I okay. remember correctly, where he's like kind yeah. of too big for his britches at the point in time has to kind of be brought back down to earth. Rocky three yeah. is my favorite. But... What about you, Drew? Um, I know this is going to be kind of a little controversial, but uh, don't say Creed. Don't say Creed. No, 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 don't say Creed, but Falboa, <laughs> the, oh. uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That the, just the speech he gives to his son was so real and yeah, what you talk about like great monologues and movies i've memorized that and and said it to people i've worked with to and go uh you ain't gonna believe this he used to hold you up and you say this kid's gonna be greater than any kid that ever was i i don't i don't want to go through it all because i have a come on i want you to do it i want you to do the whole thing (laughs) it's not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward forward. but you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done Uh, i'm fired up now yeah but don't be saying you ain't where you are because of him or her or nobody cowards do that that ain't you (laughs) i'm one impressed two (laughs) jacked up and three the fact that you switched into that accent while you did it was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know like, what accent that was, but I love it. I wish that it's, that had... it's close enough. It, it it gives you the idea of yeah. a Sylvester Stallone impression. So fair uh, enough. I was gonna go with Rocky Four because all the reasons we talked about earlier, ending the Cold War, uh, the training montages, all great. Um, you get to see the emotional depth of Rocky when he loses his best friend in a in a boxing match. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but the, the next one I wanted to bring up was Star Wars. What's your favorite yeah. in the Star Wars franchise? Mm, mm. So Star Wars Episode Five for me, Emperor Strikes Back. Of course. That's, that's I think, my favorite. If Kurt's from wrong, it's when the hand gets cut off and I'm your father and yeah. the battle on Hoth and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my favorite one. Yeah, for sure. Drew, what about you? Um, this is tough for me. Um, I grew say up a prequel and I will just I, I won't I will I have friends who will because we grew up in that era where they were coming out and that was the movies you went to go see and I will I will fight to the death and say that Darth Maul dueling of the fates lightsaber duel is not the greatest scene in all of Star Wars Darth Maul is one of the best villains and it's a bummer that he got killed off real fast uh, so yeah. underused just shamefully like just like Boba Fett but I think my favorite one is not even gonna. I don't know if it would count because I'm gonna. Call, I'm gonna say Rogue One. I think it's more of a spinoff than anything. Definitely doesn't count. Definitely but, not a sequel to anything. Yeah. Damn it. That, I was gonna say Star Rogue One as well. movie. Yeah. I think I enjoy that cast of characters. It's fun. It it did a really f- cool thing where it it took a plot hole, a mm-hmm. major plot hole, the the giant hole in Death Star, and it gave a reason for it. It flushed it out, and I think it gave Rogue a cool One's great. Story. Yeah, I think Rogue One's great. It's one of the better Star Wars spinoffs that's happened. I don't think Solo, a Star Wars story, was bad. I know I'm in the minority in that. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I think Rogue One is, out of everything that's happened after the original trilogy of Star Wars, Rogue One is the best thing that's happened. In the Shining life. Light. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, the next one I wanted to bring up was the Harry Potter franchise. I don't know if you guys are Harry Potter fans. Uh, my wife is a stout Harry Potter fan. Is as is be, mine, and I'm going to put my my microphone on mute while you guys talk about this because I've never watched them. So. This is going to be. Ooh, Wait, what? Be careful. I uh, saw the the one in theaters with the big huge spiders, and yeah, I left yeah, yeah. the movie theater it's and I have not sat through a full Harry Potter movie since. Oh my gosh, so, that's amazing! I don't. I think that was like the second one. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's like Which the second one because the spiders almost never ever show up again. I <laughs> I couldn't risk it. I couldn't risk the fact that there might be. I now that I know they exist in this universe, I'm out on the. How universe, many Lord of the Rings so. movies did you watch? Uh, one. Okay. Them, well, okay. Well, you're part for the course of giant spider <laughs> franchise. <laughs> you're consistent um love spider men but hates actual spiders Mm -hmm. i chose prisoner of azkaban i think there was an interesting tone shift in that one from i think it's the third one so from two to three is the first director changed first time we get new dumbledore um it it built out the world a really 
and in a way that didn't feel like world building. It was like the the Hogwarts had had been established. You've been spent a couple movies there, and then you introduce Sirius Black, who's just out there in the world, and Professor Lupin, who's one of my favorite characters. So Prisoner of Azkaban was also going to be mine, but when you mentioned world building, uh, it brings up an interesting point for me. I think Goblet of Fire does a really good job of world mm-hmm. building because it introduces new. Uh, universities and new schools yeah. out there and yeah that's really fun prisoner of azkaban has uh commissioner gordon in it and goblet of fire has edward cullen in it that is true uh goblet of fire is the first time that voldemort returns hey, thank you so much for your input kyle <laughs> you're, you're welcome i'll go back to being on mute i'm sorry <laughs> great I, I hope that i've made my wife proud with my knowledge so far <laughs> i don't want to screw up but um I think I think this is a a phenomenal franchise, and I'm sad for you, Kyle, that you haven't seen it and got to experience it. I understand. If you so, can promise me there are no giant spiders in any of the other ones, I'll watch them. But until I get that written, I talked with I talked with my wife about it, and she said she walked through each movie and ranked them, and she said her favorite was Half Half Blood Prince, and her least favorite was Chamber of Secrets, the one that you've seen, which is a lot of people's favorite. But she thought it was interesting that her least favorite was where the giant spiders show up. And her most favorite was when the giant spider dies, which I think is spoiler alert number six. Uh-huh. It's like, I, I feel sad for you that you haven't seen it, but I also totally understand a franchise that is so pivotal to your wife's uh, foundational movie. My wife, my little sister, my sister-in-law, everyone loves these movies and I just can't There's do it. so much weight that comes with that. Yeah, like, I, just, I have to like this, you know. I was like 12 and saw the giant spiders and like, peace out, not doing it anymore. <laughs> Crawford, you had something, yeah. So the last one I was going to bring up was Lord of the Rings, but I don't think that is worth discussion because if you don't say Two Towers, like you're out of your mind. So I'm not going to say Two Towers. Oh, yeah. What? what? I asked my wife as well, who's a big Lord of the Rings person, and she said The Return Obviously. of the King, the third oh, one. Oh, wow. I chose the first one. one. See, there you so. go. So I don't know enough to argue one point or another. I believe I saw the first one with my father and my brother, and they both started throwing popcorn at the screen and booing loudly, <laughs> uh, like before the credits even rolled. It's sad. Because I don't I will... know if I saw the other two. They're animals. My my big brother, like his goal was to be like a, the best big brother moment was to take me to the theaters and see a movie that I wasn't allowed to see yet. So we went and saw Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And I cried and was taken out of it within the first 15 minutes when <laughs> Nazgul showed up, the Dark Riders. I got so scared. I had to be taken away. <laughs> it was not a shining moment for him, although I really appreciated him taking me to that. Um, That's hilarious. But, but I, I understand what you're saying about the two towers. It's got the biggest battle. It's phenomenal. But I like the first one. I think the characters are interesting. Introduces them and Gandalf. And the Balrog is one of the coolest. I have one more in a, in a series, and there's no wrong answers with this one. Uh, what's your favorite movie out of the John Wick franchise? Because they're all amazing. <laughs> I have to preface this with I know I'm wrong for this, but I have not seen a single one. And I'd like to, but they all cost money to watch right now. And I'll buy them for not... you. I'll, I, Deal. I, have, yeah. I, I will give you a voodoo account. Deal. Okay. What are we doing? I'm doing that right after we, Perfect. right as we end this one, I would Listen, like to go watch John Wick. So come I, on I, over. I understand that I am the bad guy of the podcast this episode for <laughs> not having seen The Godfather 2. And saying you were the boss. Let's not forget that one. Okay. But Kyle, I just want to point out that in our movie of sequels, you have not seen any Harry Potter movie, any Lord of the Rings movie, or any John Wick movie. So I saw the Lord of the Rings movies. I just couldn't tell you what happened. Definitely didn't watch the Harry Potter ones. John Wick, I'm out on. Yeah. I, and I know I'm wrong for that. I think John Wick movies keep coming out like in the fall during football season. And I just, there's, that's not a thing amazing. I can do. So. Uh, fun fact John Wick 4 and The Matrix 4 are coming out on the same day. A lot of Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Happen. That's, a, that's Matrix 4? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matrix 4 announced. Finally, what we all wanted. Uh, looking right. back at our list, uh, some that didn't get mentioned, see if you guys have anything to say. Aliens, the uh, sequel to Alien. Does anybody have anything for that? I thought it was interesting. That the, I feel like it's another one of those tone shifts where it went from kind of a horror movie, monster movie, to a little bit more of an action, um, kind of almost war Vietnam type of analogy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Bad Boys 2 made an appearance on our list, which oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took a long time for Michael Bay to get a second one rolling as well. It took him eight years to make the second one. Um, looking at the list as well, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, yeah. I think that that is probably one of the what? better sequels. I put T2 up there kind of like with Dark Knight, that it's it's so good that it almost completely overshadows the first one. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, the first one is also good. I think I the know. first Terminator is good, and I think that uh, Batman Begins is good, but I think the sequel overshadows it. I don't know what you just did with your mic, but you sound a lot better right now than you did five minutes ago. So. Cool keep that up um toy story 3 and toy story 4 made our list i think something very interesting about the toy story sequels is that between toy story 2 and toy story 3 there was 11 years uh before each one was made and then between 3 and 4 was nine years i think that's relevant because not only did they give the movie itself time to you know really sink in um but they they let their audience grow you know, and yeah. when we saw the first Toy Story, we were eight. When we saw the fo- fourth Toy Story, we were 28, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I think that that That's is a great point. It's a tough technical like feat to try to make a movie so much later than the first because you have to, like, if it's a kid's movie, then the, the kids that enjoyed your movie the first time are no longer kids. And you've got to make be... it something that the young people and the yeah. people that grew up with yeah. it can like. And I think they've done a really good job with that as well. And I didn't I finish what... Toy Story 4 yet. I'm watching it with my daughter. What is wrong with you? Did you we... even like know we were doing this podcast? Okay, so I rock <laughs> her to sleep and we watch Toy Story 4, but she falls asleep in like 20 minutes. So I've been watching it in like 20 minute increments. I've, I'm, I'm very close to the end of Toy Story 4. I'm excited. So I think Toy Story brings up an interesting point. Like like what you guys were just saying that um, it does a really good job of being a sequel at a later date, like 10, you know, yeah. 20 years later without being a reboot. It's still, yeah, yeah. it's the same story, but they just tell it in different and new ways. Um, and I think a lot of people get caught in that trap like Star Wars did when they tried to do another story 20 years later yeah. and it sucked. And, it's not as good, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people fall into that trap all the time. I think yeah, Casino well, Royale, whoever put Casino Royale on here, um, yeah. that's a great one because if you were just to compare Die Another Day uh, to Casino Royale, it is not even close which movie mm-hmm. is better. No. Casino Royale is way better and it's a different Bond and it's a different director um, and uh, and all that, but Casino Royale so, is definitely a better sequel. I think the whole James Bond franchise is tough to kind of talk about sequel-wise because – you you get a new actor playing the bond every so often which is something i want to talk about with the toy story is like when you make a movie 10 years later like your actors have aged out of a lot of times what role they can play um but casino royale was really interesting because it was such a a a difference in like the pierce brosnan bond was gadgets and right world giant lasers and (laughs) then they were totally flipped the head with daniel craig and it was like such a realistic gritty take and it really worked yeah no I, I'm, I'm with you on that i definitely like daniel craig's bond way better than pierce brosnan and i know crawford you're gonna be mad at me for this but i definitely cannot sit through a sean connery bond movie like all the way through from you're Spanish. wrong you're wrong you're wrong i know I know, and so i said that I, know, I know i know objectively he's like the most sexist and he's the most antiquated and the most outdated bond Right, and that's saying something because it's James Bond. I didn't know that, but okay. <laughs> but I haven't finished a movie, so God, I wouldn't know that. It's so awesome! I love Sean Connery's the best Bond. I don't care what anybody says. I think Casino Royale was a phenomenal sequel that I think was a better Bond than the Bond before it was Die Another yeah. Day. Pierce Brosnan, but also Skyfall, I think, was a better movie within the the Daniel Craig Bond franchise. Um, I think the the villain Javier Bardem, like when he walks on the screen and has a monologue where he just yeah. slowly walks to camera and the camera like barely moves is one of the coolest introductions to a villain ever. Yeah. They built the world out. They make it more serious. The tone is darker. Another like with the dark Knight, where it, it takes the character that was, that we, we loved in the first movie and gives you the next part of their story, the next, next story in their life and is cool and greater and bigger scale. And I need to see I need to see Skyfall again because all I remember from Skyfall is the Adele song. So. <laughs> As you should. So there are 
a million good sequels out there that we could keep talking about forever. If you guys want to, we can just pop off a couple of titles real fast. But um, I think we should move into this this week for our listeners. We are forgoing our traditional um, two minutes segment where we normally take two free minutes to talk about whatever we want. And we're bringing on a guest this week, which is um, her name is Tiffany. And she is Drew Allen's wife and also Kyle Cox's sister. So for those of you who didn't know, Kyle and Drew are brother-in-laws. And Tiffany has, as you can imagine, being around us for years and years, knows a lot of movies and has seen a lot of movies. Um, She cannot describe movies at all. Uh, And so today we're bringing on a new segment where Tiff is going to try to explain a movie to Kyle and I as Drew gives her the title. And she can explain it without, she can't say the character names and she can't say the title of the movie. And we have to guess what it is. We're, we're going to make this segment. to say, Drew, is that she experiences movies in a totally different way than <laughs> a lot of people do. And it's very interesting to see the way that she breaks down and digests a movie. Versus you just got more points in my do. book, man. Yeah, you just you just went up in my book, man. That's good. That's husband spiny right there. It's uh. It is, it's amazing because I know how many movies I watched with Tiffany growing up and I know how many movies Drew's made her sit through since they got married. And the fact that she is still so bad at explaining movies is phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to this first segment of uh, Tiffany Explains a Movie, I think is what we'll call this uh, this segment on the podcast. For sure. Hi, Tiff. I'm going to... She, she, I want to give her the mic, give her the headphones and let her go. Hello, and Tiffany. Welcome to the Not movie. the Podcast You Deserve. It's an honor to be here. Too. You're, you're our first guest star. You are <laughs> our first guest on Not the Podcast You Deserve. That's amazing. It's truly an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Tiffany, what movie are you going to describe for us today? Actually, don't tell me the name. Well, I can't. Describe I can't the movie. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, I'm, gonna time us. I'm gonna see how long it takes. <laughs> Go. This one, and I, I won't lie. I I should know more about it than I do, and like if we're gonna talk start. in terms in terms of like plot, that's not really. I'm it's not, not gonna, what you. I, it's not what you do, Tiff. It's not my thing. It's not so. Anyway, um, what I do remember. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, two buddies on a mission together. Uh, for the greater good, you could say. Uh. Whew. Man, you know, you don't want to give it away. So oh, we're <laughs> uh, it's not. No, no, no. It's a uh, good guess. Uh, I really haven't given you very much though, so hold on. Oh, keep um, going. <laughs> you sure haven't. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. Personality wise, right? These these two guys. So one of them is like the cool cat, you know? Everybody wants to be this guy, except not really. He's also kind of an outcast. Is so. he actually a cat or is he just <laughs> he's I feel like I shouldn't say. Is no. it Oliver and Company? Okay. No, <laughs> but one of them. Okay, so that's one of them. The other one, super nerd, but has cool abilities. Um, instrumental in turning the whole movie around. Spider-Man: Homecoming. It's not. <sighs> no, I know this is. These are good guesses, though. Hold on. Um, hmm. What else? What happens actually in this film? That would be helpful if you could tell us literally one thing that happens in the film. How many times have you seen this movie? Oh, gosh. Countless times. I'll be honest. It's too too many times to know this little about it. Uh, Okay. Mm. Kids movie, kind of. Is it it animated? It it sure is. Okay. Sure is. Good question. That would have been an important clue earlier. Yeah, that would have been. I don't want to give it away too early. You know, I don't want to. I think you should probably. the point of the game. You should probably aim for describing it as best you can and go from Mm, there. Okay. Uh, Okay. It's about um, healthy choices, making healthy choices. Um, Inside out. It's not new. Um, Hmm. There's oysters involved. Osmosis Jones. Uh, yeah, that's it. How in the how is that how you describe Osmosis Jones? You got it from well, oysters. What? Ba- well, yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. The oysters, right? Super I, scary part of the movie. I know what you're Dude, talking about. How? You know, 
How is well, that how you decided that, you know, to that, describe Osmosis Jones? You, you didn't even let me get to like, you know, like the You talked for scene. two and a half minutes and you I, didn't well, talk about it. But with the guy in the pit, you know, the oh, guy in the pit, you know, like the mob boss in the you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. No, I and, don't because you didn't say any of That's the whole, this is, it's like the, you know, the memorable part of the movie. Here's, here's how you describe <laughs> that movie. Between that and like the zit exploding off of his forehead. like I, you could, I do Yeah, like you could have said that. Well, that gives it away. I don't know what you want me to. The point. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us on not the podcast you deserve. It's, <laughs> been, a, it's been a pleasure, you guys. That is Tiff describes a movie, and this is the world we live in every day. If I were to is say that, how'd it go? <laughs> if I were to say animated movie that takes place inside the human body, you would guess or inside Bill Murray. Oh yeah, how about that. There's no way she would have gotten Bill Murray. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> my, favorite <thing> <laughs> my favorite thing about Tiff explaining the movie is that she doesn't want, she's like, she's like, I don't want to give it away, but it's not always anything that's going to give anything away. <laughs> not even <laughs> once. Uh, guys, I really enjoyed talking about sequels with you, and I'll always enjoy hearing Tiff try to describe a movie. Uh, I think that's about all we've got time for on Not the Podcast You Deserve. Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to getting back with you next week. Uh, and feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email account or on Twitter. Uh, Kyle, do you have the handles? Podcast at gmail.com. And Twitter, we are at ntpydpodcast. So tell us what you guys think were better sequels. Maybe we left them off our list. Um, let us know what else you'd like to hear topic ideas in the future and uh maybe you'll get on the mailbag stuff on the on the next episode thanks for listening